Right. Um, probably not many of you know, but there's this little thing called coronavirus knocking around. And um, I just wanted to speak to that for a few minutes before we, we look at a particular scripture um, together. Um, I had a brilliant conversation with uh, Mariana actually on the phone yesterday. And, and then something that she said jumped out to me and I've kind of been ruminating on it really since. And she, uh, she said, like, I'm just trying to figure out um, what is wisdom and what is fear? I was like, oh gosh, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Like actually the, the, the people of God, the ones that, uh, in this room who are like, you know what? We follow Jesus. One of the, the anchor points for us is not the external world that's floating around us, that's happening to us, but it's the internal world, right? This is the thing that we're trying to grow up and mature and take ownership of in terms of saying, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus and to see that guiding principle of the one who is peace, the one who brings light, the one who can heal? Like, what does he say through me to the world around me? And actually, one of the distinguishing things, right, I think in this season right now for us in this moment is, uh, is to actually just begin to say, God, would we be the, would we be your people that can discern and have um, clarity around what is wisdom and what is fear. Because if we can begin to answer that question, if we can begin to allow that to speak to some of the thoughts that are going on in our heads, some of the emotions that are swirling around, some of the circumstances that are literally happening to us, I think that we're going to start to be who we need to be in these times of great anxiety and fear and, and worry. And I, it, it's fascinating to me that just what's going on at the moment, because I think unless we realize there's a, um, that there's a story going on around us and, and, and in particular times like this, that that story begins to speak to the way that we think. And unless we can kind of intersect that, that narrative that's just flowing consistently through news, through media, through, gosh, through emails, through text. This week, how many of you noticed Uber Eats is like upping their game when it comes to the amount of text? Maybe it's just me. Maybe they know because they know Sarah was away this week with her mom. They're like, yep, I've got him every night, Uber Eats. So we did that. We just succumbed. Uh, and my Sarah did phone midweek. She said, just make sure they eat vegetables at some point this week. And I was like, Talk me through the vegetable thing. What's that? Um, but you'll notice it. Like I got an email this week um, from um, a health thing. I order um, protein every once in a while. And they um, the email I got through was uh, five products you can buy that will boost your Im- immune system. It's like, oh, gosh, all the while. And unless you go, wait, what's happening here? Like Uber Eats isn't just like, oh, now would be a good time to up our marketing. Just because we can. It's like, no, Uber Eats are marketing to you right now because they're playing into the, the story and narrative. And honestly, it's driven by fear, right? So some of me just talking to you about this this morning is elevating the concept of what's going on around us so that we can be the people in the midst of great fear and t- uh, turbulation and anxiety and worry. We can be the people that don't operate in that sort of realm and begin to operate from the realm of, of who we are and what's afforded to us by Jesus, which is life, it's hope, it's joy, it's peace, right? But unless we can start to discern like, all right, what in this thinking process is is wisdom and what is fear because there are decisions we've got to make like as a staff team over the last couple of days we need to make some decisions about this and it's like all right what what am i what are we being guided by fear and what's just wisdom 
And where do we need to take advice? And where do we need to allow that advice to guide us in our, in our process of wisdom? But I, I feel like that's one of the things that Holy Spirit wants to bring us and elevate in our consciousness. And maybe even in this season, grow us up pretty fast. Cause this isn't just about how do Christians, um, exist in the space in a world where coronavirus is a thing, but it's almost like what's our inheritance to walk in as followers of Jesus that actually marks us out as the people of God who have wisdom who have solutions, who have light, who have joy, who have hope, who have a different story to tell a world, whether that be in the season of coronavirus or not. So here's the thing, I, I, and I've been thinking about this this, this whole week and, and then just just stirred by this, this sense of what Mariana was saying on the phone, just like, we've got to figure out what's wisdom, what's fear. And there has to be the... the I, it made me think, I, I remember... Because again, this, this story, this narrative is being played out. And unless, unless we understand what's going on and we and begin to engage with it through the process of, Jesus, would you give me wisdom? Then we will just be swept up into all sorts of hysteria. I remember, when, do you remember when there was that thing called bird flu? Yeah. Incidentally, you were saying this this morning, San gets everything. Like, so if anyone is going to get, so if he tries to hug you later on, just say, San, move away. Bird flu, swine flu, foot and mouth, had it all, you know, when you were like, right here. So if anyone's going to get it, it'll be Sam. Uh, yeah, sorry, break those words in Jesus' name. <clears throat> I remember when there was bird flu. And actually, at that particular time, um, I, got a, a, I got a really bad fever. And I was in bed. I didn't have bird flu. But here's what happened. I was listening to a lot of radio at the time because I was just bored and in bed. And they were reporting on this... Um, on this bird flu thing, and I was slightly delirious, slightly high temperature. This is genuinely what played out in my mind. And I was a little bit delirious, but I was like, my head is like, was banging, and my eyes felt like they were popping out of my face. And I was like, oh, bird's eyes, they come out of their face. I've got bird flu. So I literally convinced myself in my bed, based on the fact that I had a headache and it felt like my eyes were bulging. It's a funny joke, but listen, here's the thing. There are going to be so many swirling thoughts around your head and around, going on around you. We have to discern what is wisdom. Why do we operate from wisdom? And why do we actually need to make sure that we don't partner with fear? And again, there's going to be some things that um, we need to adhere to that are actually we don't actually get a choice in. Like, I, it, I would be very surprised if in the next couple of weeks we're not able to meet together. I don't think that's the enemy. I just think that's wisdom, right? Um, I was talking to um, Helen. <laughs> Sorry, I've got coronavirus. I was talking to Helen this morning, um, who is a health professional. I was saying, help me understand, like, why are, why are we, why have we in the UK got quite a different strategy for this whole thing? Like, why aren't we just shutting everything down like everywhere else? And, and Helen, I won't go into the detail, but it was effectively saying, we just got a different strategy. Like, and again, it's not necessarily a right and a wrong, but we, we've got a different strategy that people who know more than we do are trying to figure out what's the best way to move forward. And I say all that to say that there will be things imposed on us. That, that we're not necessarily going to be sat there going, what's wisdom, what's fear? But it is going to be, oh, this is actually what we just need to, to agree with and say, actually, that, that's, it's not necessarily the enemy, but it's wisdom that's being given to us. And, and so it may be that in the next couple of weeks, we, we don't get the opportunity to meet. Uh, you know, that, that's, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. 
Yeah, we're going to be okay. Do you know what Easter service you've got? Uh, we were going to pray for the Easter, the alive things. It's not that I don't have faith that it happened. I'm just like, let's just wait and see. We might not have our Easter guest celebration. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. People are going to be okay. Um, so I, I say all that because I, I really feel like in the midst of this, one of the ways that we have to partner with Holy Spirit is actually, again, it's not because of coronavirus. It's actually speaking to our inheritance of who we need to be in the earth. And it is people that walk in wisdom. We don't, we learn how to not partner with fear and let fear guide our decision making, but we stop and take stock with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, like, what's wisdom in this thing? What's wisdom? And, and, and be aware of the, the swirl and maybe where we do get those moments where, where, where we are. I, I've had this thought literally for the past two weeks. Two weeks ago, I was in the gym and I dropped a dumbbell on my chest and I haven't been able to breathe properly. And I, I clocked myself this week and I'd convinced, I didn't say this out loud, but in my mind, I'd, I'd partnered with fear and I thought, you know what? If I end up getting coronavirus, I'm going to really struggle because I've already got like an existing respiratory thing going on. I can't breathe. And it was when Mariana said that the other day, I was like, oh my goodness, I've literally for days, I've been feeling tense and actually I've, I've been partnering with that fear and I've been speaking in my mind something about my future that's just not there. It's just not, it's not there. I've not partnered even with wisdom. I've not partnered with faith. I've not invited the peace of Jesus into that thought or that. I just let it swirl around. So I say that again just to say, like, just be aware. Like, if we're holding thoughts, ideas, concepts of what the future looks like that's defined by fear, we have to do something about that, right? And invite Holy Spirit in and say, would you redefine would you speak to me? Where am I coming to an agreement with fear? And what do you, Jesus, want to say to me? So I just want to pray for a couple of minutes around that. Is that all right? Um, if that's you, if you, if you maybe even just um, have noticed that you've been almost ruminating, or, and maybe you're like this anyway, maybe you, you kind of cross several bridges that you don't need to cross. Maybe you are a natural kind of worrier, you're concerned about things, but maybe it's just been slightly on steroids the last week or so, but Maybe this particular thoughts about your own health or friends or situations or things that you've got planned or just there's things that you just know have been swirling around and they're, they're attached to fear and you, they've just been sitting on you or been sitting around you. If that's you, just um, just hold your hands out. It's just by way of responding. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come? We just uh, acknowledge um, the journey that you have us on of maturity, this journey of becoming uh, so much more aware, Holy Spirit, of who you are what you're saying, what you're doing, Father, your nature, your character, and, and how that speaks to how we live life and how we can have faith and how we can trust and how we don't need to partner with fear. But Holy Spirit, I do pray that there would be just this elevated consciousness for us around um, the, just the mind of Christ that would give us wisdom. I pray that we'd learn things about wisdom in this season, that, um, that you'd provoke us to learn things about wisdom. And that as you'd arrest our minds in some, some places, you'd cause us to stop, just arrest some of those thoughts, to stop some of those thoughts and to reorientate them through what it is, Holy Spirit, to be aligned with your wisdom, to see our future days, weeks, months through the lens of wisdom and faith and hope. 
I just speak to fear um, that's in the room, just fear that's maybe sitting, the tightness in the chest, I say that can go in Jesus' name, that just that residual anxiety that's hovering around your head, that can go in Jesus' name. Just the, We just say, Jesus, would we get your mind that's afforded to us because we're yours, your sons and daughters, we get to have the mind of Christ. And so that mind, that way of thinking, that way of seeing, that way of, uh, of bringing into line and alignment with your word and your will, that is wisdom. So we just say as a, as a family, as a community, and in this city, God, I pray that there would just be um, conversations that we would have where people would say, gosh, you seem really peaceful about all the swirl of stuff that's going on. Would it mark us out, Jesus, that we're different, that we're different to the world? And it's because we follow you and we reflect you. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Um, so I'm not Deborah uh, from America, uh, who was supposed to be speaking. We found out um, they called on, I think it was Thursday or Friday morning, and said, hey, we're going to get back on a plane and go back to America. They've been traveling uh, <clears throat> in a number of places in Europe, and they were a little bit concerned that they were going to get stuck um, at an airport somewhere as various different things shut down. So we just honored that, and, and Deborah and Daniel have headed home. So it just meant that uh, that uh, I had to figure out what I wanted to say to you this morning. Um, and really interestingly, the, the students who are on their weekend away, um, um, I didn't realize that this till this morning, but the kind of verse that they've anchored everything to is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, which is what I felt the Lord gave me to talk about. Um, and ultimately, um, this morning, where I want to land is... Um, that we need to recognize and um, the partnership and responsibility that we have to journey in communion with the Holy Spirit. Uh, that isn't about this season, it's about life, but in, in this present season, it's, it's, it, it's, so, uh, it's so needed that we elevate and uh, nurture our communion, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, because there's a, there's a, there's a growing up that we're doing. We talk a lot about maturity. You know, I think one of the primary um, reasons that the church, the gathered church exists is actually for the maturity of those that are following Jesus. That's what we take responsibility for, the maturation journey. If you look at Ephesians, these gifts that Jesus gave to the church, he, he gave these, uh, these gifts, the pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, and teacher. He gave these gifts to the church, not so that you could have church staff teams or that you could have like elevated people of leadership who do these things but actually Jesus gave those gifts to the church for the end goal of maturity that we would be more mature in the in the pastoral in the prophetic in our way of thinking about the apostolic in evangelism that's why he gave these gifts so that we would grow up and so actually one of the the primary reasons we exist as a community is to grow up. Like, let's grow up as we follow Jesus. Let's do it individually, take responsibility for it, but let's do it as a family. Let's recognize that actually the learning journey and the, uh, the great exploration and adventure of following Jesus is what we can give ourselves to as a community. Because it's from that place of maturity that we begin to influence the world, that we begin to see the lost saved. Uh, you know, the evangelism is not a, it's not a church program. The missional mandate of the church rests on people, not programs. And so our maturity as the people of God, when we're thinking about seeing the lost saved, it's on us. And so this, um, this verse in, um, in 2 Corinthians that, that Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, 
And we all, with unveiled faces, continually seeing, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are progressively, which just means ongoing, progressively being transformed into his image, becoming more like him. From one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I want to talk to us this morning really about... um, that process of moving from glory to glory, growing up in this season, I think it is growing up in our in our um, understanding and awareness of wisdom. But actually, gosh, every area of our life is submitted to this verse, this this um, blueprint of like we're growing more into the image and likeness of Jesus, and that is an ever increasing, ever uh, ever moving forward journey. That is what the normal Christian life is. And so I guess I want to say one prophetic word over your life this morning, and that is, how it is, is not how it has to be. How it is, is not how it has to be, okay? And for some of you, that's like, just just sit on that for a second. How it is, the things that you would say mark your life at the moment, the things that are painful, the things that are disappointing, the things that have not gone well, the things that are you know you're lacking in maturity and or you're really struggling in, maybe that, those things are not how it has to be. Like, that's good news. And this verse, in, in, uh, the, this, this concept that Paul gives to the Corinthian church is exactly saying that. It's saying there's an acknowledgement that if we see Jesus as we see Christ, as we grow more into the likeness of him, how it is, is not how it has to be. That's encouraging. I didn't see many of you smile at that point. Maybe you've all got it down. Maybe you're at that high echelons of glory. Maybe it's just me. But I am super pleased that how it is today for me is not how it has to be. It's not how it is. And I'm not just talking about things that uh, that I struggle with or things I'm disappointed with. I'm just like, actually, I hope that I'm more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. So how it is today is not how it has to be. And that needs to be a prophetic uh, blueprint, a prophetic statement, a prophetic acknowledgement in your life that where you are, are um, it's not where you have to stay. And for some of us, like, that is the decision to just acknowledge that actually, you know, where, where we are, it is, is it a, in some areas of our life in a place of immaturity and, and a place where we need to grow up and a, and a place where we need to acknowledge. And some of that, guys, is, is a, is a decision of our will. It's a decision of discipline. It's like, actually, do you know, if you're stuck in some aspect of, of, of your life or behavior that is not Christ-like, stop. Like, just acknowledge it, repent of it, and move on and change. Because how it is, is not how it has to be. And this is the, this is the invitation that Paul gives to us about this, this transformational journey from glory to glory. And I guess I just want to acknowledge, and I think, um, in a room like this, we can talk honestly and openly about the way that we perceive this change happening. Because I think for some of us, we, um, we get stuck in the process of trying to figure out, well, what what makes the change? What brings the change? I think for many of us, um, we often fall between the delineating line between uh, the power of God bringing that change and the process of God, right? And and for some of us, we 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 really like the charismatic church and the mode that we often have, which is, God, would you bring the breakthrough? Because that kind of just happens to me. 
And I might come into the room, and I love stories of breakthrough. I, every time I hear San's story, you know, San, who won't mind me sharing because he shares it publicly, but addicted to drugs. And in a moment, a, a supernatural breakthrough where he'd filled his life with all sorts of other things. And all of a sudden he met Jesus and his life was changed in a moment and he no longer had the cravings of addiction. That's amazing. And I, and I think, you know, if we, some, for some of us, it's, it's that trying to figure out what is going to be process <clears throat> and what have I actually got in the process to take responsibility for and to partner with God with. But that sounds like hard work. That sounds like something we've got to be responsible for. We've got to engage in. And so maybe in a charismatic form of church, we can perhaps maybe overemphasize. And again, in me saying that, I am not saying that I do not believe in the suddenness of God. You look through the New Testament, look through the Old Testament. The nature of God often is in the suddenness, right? The, the word of Jesus comes and, 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 a, and the dead man is raised to life. The lame man is, is told to get up, his sins are forgiven, get up, pick up your bed and walk. Like the suddenness of God, I believe in those things, but not apart from and not separate from the processes of God, which are the journey with us and Holy Spirit to figure out what is my role to play, what is the journey I'm on, what is the, the thing that I get to take responsibility for with also the Holy Spirit. And it is that difference between, you know, spiritual breakthrough and spiritual formation. And we all want and we love the stories of the spiritual breakthrough, those moments when things radically break open. We love those stories. And maybe even as we think about our own lives and the things that maybe are holding us back, we're, we're just kind of on pause waiting for that. When maybe just on the other side of a moment of reflection, there's a process and a journey and Holy Spirit saying, I want to lead you by the hand through this thing and into this new season. But just remembering that the backdrop to, for all of that is, is that we are being transformed from glory to glory. How it is today is not how it has to be. And so in all of it, whether it's that supernatural breakthrough when actually you were in, you know, I remember at times Boosie, who, who was um, here a number, number of years ago, and, and she struggled with dyslexia. And she was, she was really struggling with her work assignment, um, a, a university assignment. And in a moment was healed from dyslexia and could read. Like, praise God for those things. But actually, if we are on pause, if our life is on pause at some level because we are fixated on or, or, or we, have, we have placed all of our eggs in one basket, maybe, just maybe. And again, this is, a, this is difficult because I can't give you a formula for it. I can give you the backdrop to it, which is glory to glory. We're growing, we're maturing, and how it is today is not how it has to be. But ultimately, the journey of wisdom for us is to discern Hatchie, is my life on pause because I've been waiting for a breakthrough power, supernatural breakthrough moment when actually Holy Spirit's been waiting right by my side saying, I want to bring you into process. I want to take you on a journey. And I guess I, I, I'm really keen for us to have uh, a, a greater conversation with the Holy Spirit around, or a more in-depth conversation with the Holy Spirit around some of those things. Areas where we need to take responsibility, um, change the way we think, change the way we behave, but ultimately in that journey of from glory to glory maturity, have some of us just waited for one Sunday morning, 
It's going to be the right song at the right time, and it's going to happen. Or I'm just waiting for that transition moment where somebody comes up and calls me out with a prophetic word, and that'll be the moment when everything changes. I wonder whether actually on the other side of of us waiting and being on pause for that, there's actually Holy Spirit is just saying, I've got a process for you. I want to take you on a journey. Um, And so I want to talk just for the last few minutes before actually I want to go back into a a, um, a song for us just to use by way of posturing our hearts towards this communion with Holy Spirit. I want to talk to us, you know, as as much in the context of recognizing there are powerful breakthroughs when God breaks in in the moment things change and there is process. There is power and there is process. There is always communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that's the place that we start. Um, Paul, again, in his, in his letter to Corinthians, right at the end of, of 2 Corinthians, in, ver- in chapter 13, verse 14, he says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So this is Paul writing to the church, informing them, challenging them, encouraging them. He's written two significant letters. This is the second letter he's writing. and He's guiding. He's a father to the community. He's leading. He's trying to influence. He's trying to help them grow up in Jesus as they follow Jesus. And his final statement to them, that kind of, that thing where if anything's going to stick, I've written up a whole bunch of things. If anything's going to stick, it's going to be the last thing I say. So read this thing. And that last thing is this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I want you to notice that word communion, that it's also translated fellowship in this verse. And it's a, it's a Greek word, koinonia. And it has a range of different meanings. But two of the primary meanings that Paul uses here in this word koinonia is partnership and responsibility. Partnership and responsibility. So I want to look at those two things briefly. That word partnership, the the koinonia, the way that um, Paul uses that, it's found in another another part of the Bible. It's found in numerous parts. But the context of that partnership is actually, um, you find it in Luke 5. Do you remember the story of of Luke 5 when Jesus tells tells Peter to put the nets on the other side? Peter's been fishing all night, hasn't caught anything. Throw your nets on the other side. Um, and you're going to catch. And then he gets this massive catch of fish, and he has to call to his partners. He, he has to call, he calls to the koinonia, his partnerships. Now, Peter was a career fisherman. This was his, um, this was his business partners. It was a partnership at, at a level of investment. And it's the same word that, that Paul takes and he uses um, at the end of Corinthians when he's speaking to the Corinthian church and he, and he refers to this this level of partnership, communion, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so actually, you could actually read 2 Corinthians 13 but as this, and the partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you. And that partnership is really interesting because if you look through the life of Jesus, you you see Jesus operating in partnership with the Holy Spirit. This communion, this fellowship, it's weaved all the way through his journey. You look at Jesus was actually conceived of the Holy Spirit, Luke 1, 35. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 3, 16. Jesus was led. He followed. He was led by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 4. Jesus healed people in this partnership with the Holy Spirit in Acts 10, 38. 
cast out demons in the power of the Holy Spirit, Matthew 12. Jesus even raised people from the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit, this partnership with the Holy Spirit, Romans 8. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places through and in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So every time we see the, the story of Jesus, we just have to acknowledge that what he learned in, in his journey is that there is a partnership with Holy Spirit that is conducive to walking in step with God. That actually his his, Jesus' divine role on the earth was marked by his communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul uses this, this, um, this word koinonia, this, this partnership language, to help us understand something about how our life is to be connected and postured towards the personal work of the Holy Spirit. And it's to be an interconnected partnership. And it takes cooperation. It takes acknowledgement. If, you, if, you, if you're not going to acknowledge you have a partner, or if you're not going to take at some level um, a cooperation, a posture of need and expectation, cooperation with the Holy Spirit, then you can't have partnership. That's just you doing your thing and Holy Spirit not doing it with you. So partnership takes a level of acknowledgement, a level of humility, a level of cooperation, a level of awareness of who Holy Spirit is, what he's doing, and what he wants to be partnered in fellowship and communion. The root of that word communion as well is common union. We think that communion is just like the bread and the juice that we take. No, it's common union. What is the thing that holds us together? What is the thing that we have in common? And the beautiful thing is this the invitation of our journey with Holy Spirit is to say, how would we be unified at one with Holy Spirit as we live out our lives. <clears throat> because I think that that helps us understand that if we're in a, in a season of recognizing we're, we're wanting to grow, we're wanting to mature, we're wanting to move on, we're wanting those words, those prophetic words of Paul to be that we're moving from glory to glory, that how it is today is not how it's going to be tomorrow. We have to start with our acknowledgement of that is going to be a coordinated effort between me and the Holy Spirit. This is not me grit and bear it, do harder, work harder. There is some discipline. There is some, there is some application of your life, but it is in cooperation, coordination, and collaboration with the Holy Spirit. I got all those C's and I just made that up. It's, it's, we're in it with Holy Spirit. It's a partnership. That's why Paul uses that language. <clears throat> but what about responsibility? There's this other idea uh, in that word koinonia, um, the communion, the fellowship, the koinonia. And this is, this is the idea of taking responsibility for someone. Another place that uh, this word's used um, is in Philippians 4 verse 14. It's where Paul wrote to the, um, the church in Philippi. And um, he's commending them for a, for a really generous gift that they gave him. And, and there's this acknowledgement as you kind of read this bit in, in Philippians 4. Um, four and those chapters before that, the Paul who was doing all this church planting, supporting churches, um, doing it all off his own bat. He was a tent maker to kind of raise some funds, but this was his life and ministry was supporting the church as it was growing in its infancy. And then here's the thing. He just acknowledges that actually for many that they, they had not contributed to that work financially. And so he's commending the church in Philippi for their gift. And he says this. 
in verse 14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. And this word share is, uh, is the word koinonia. It's to have, um, it's to have to take responsibility, to share, to take my active role. And Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, and at the point he's doing that, he's in prison. And so he opens up this package um, in prison, and, and there's, a, there's a sharing right in the very depths of where he's at and the trouble that he's in. There's an acknowledgement that somebody else is sharing, taking responsibility for him in his, in his moment of need. So another way that you could go back and you could read that koinonia bit in, in Corinthians is, um, in Corinthians 13, 14 is, and the responsibility of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The koinonia, the responsibility, the shared nature of the Holy Spirit be with you. And this is the thing. It's actually not talking about us. It's talking about the responsibility that the Holy Spirit will take in your life, if you let him, if you are partnered with him. That actually that he would assume a great responsibility for you in this world if you choose to partner with him. That's a great invitation to have God himself, the Holy Spirit, offer to share in koinonia, fellowship with you, for you to take responsibility for you in this world. That's an amazing posture of God towards his people. But there's an acknowledgement that actually that starts with saying, I need to be partnered, connected, commune with, be coordinated with, be connected in communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And yet this is the invitation. This is the invitation that, that several thousand years later, we get to read on the pages of the Bible and get to own and acknowledge that in the concept of an ever-increasing journey of maturity from glory to glory, that how it is today is not how it has to be, that actually there's a Holy Spirit, there is the person and presence of God postured and positioned towards you if we say yes to the partnership. And we acknowledge that he wants to take some responsibility in our lives for us and in us and through us if we'll let him. And so there's, a, there's an invitation. There's an acknowledgement. And this isn't just about this season that we're in and saying, gosh, we need you, Holy Spirit, because coronavirus is pretty hard and we're all worrying and we're all stressed. Where are you, Holy Spirit? This is for life and for godliness. This is the normal Christian life is to be orientated in fellowship, communion, and partnership with the Holy Spirit so that we can begin to see him take responsibility for some of the areas of our life. And again, in saying that, I'm not devoiding ourselves of responsibility. I'm not saying, hey, Holy Spirit, take over. Um, <laughs> I've had a few people send me that gift this week. Jesus, take the wheel. It's not, it's not Holy, Holy Spirit, take the wheel. Just do whatever you want. There is, there is because there's partnership. There's an acknowledgement that in relationship, in fellowship, in communion with the Holy Spirit, there is my active participation in that relationship. But ultimately, it is this communion with Holy Spirit that actually marks out, I think, this journey of glory to glory, this journey of maturity where actually we acknowledge, Holy Spirit, I need you because how it is today is not how I want it to be. So would you step in? 
Would we partner together? Would we be in fellowship and communion together to the end of my growth, my maturity, me walking in wisdom, me walking in faith, me walking in greater measure of hope for the future, in all of that, whether it's corona or not, Holy Spirit, could I be anchored to you in such a way? But I think it starts with us posturing ourselves towards that end of saying, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. And so I want a worship team to come and, and, and for a few moments as we close out this morning, I want us to, to use, um, use this worship song as a, as a way for us to posture. And maybe this is, you know, I'm just so conscious that we're so, um, we're so used to taking responsibility for ourselves. And yet there's this beautiful invitation that the Holy Spirit wants to step in. And it's not, again, that we're devoid of our own responsibility, but he wants to step in. And there's a, a new partnership. But I think for many of us, and I'd include myself in this, that I pride myself on my own independence and my own achievements and what I can do through my own strength. Bottom line is, that's just not a biblical way of living. It's just not healthy, it's not whole, and it's not the way of Jesus. And so ultimately, if we to model ourselves on Jesus, who right the way weave through his life is this dependence on, this empowering of, and this communion with Holy Spirit, if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's absolutely the benchmark of my normal Christian life that I am connected to in communion with and walking with Holy Spirit. So would you stand? I want to pray and then we'll, we'll use this song as a, a, a declaration, as a, as a yes to the invitation. So if you want more of this, if it's just something you just want to acknowledge, maybe even for the first time, you're like, you know, I, I've been around this church. I've, I've heard about the person of the Holy Spirit who is God, and, but I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I want to experience more of who he is. If that's you, maybe you just have never experienced the Holy Spirit before. Just hold your hands out in front of you. And again, there's nothing super spiritual about anything we do where we say, hey, do this or do that. It's not telling you what to do. It's just saying, we just acknowledge, hey, we want a posture. I want, a, I want the gift that you have for me of the Holy Spirit this morning. And maybe around the room, there's that, maybe just like me, there's acknowledgement. Hey, I'm pretty good at independence. I'm pretty good at doing it my way. Pretty good at going it alone. And actually, there's a reconfiguring this morning around the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And there's a saying yes to that invitation to communion with Him. And maybe you've tried to figure it all out in your head, but this is a heart thing. This is a heart and uh, our, our deep crying to deep. This is a, an internal journey with Holy Spirit. So wherever you're at, just um, hold your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, we say, would you come? We acknowledge our need of you. We acknowledge the invitation of communion, of fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are just invite you to come and move around this room, to move across this room, to, to, to step into people's lives, to, to come and to make yourself known to people this morning, maybe even for the very first time, Holy Spirit. But as we take this song and as we make it a prayer and a declaration and an a response to the invitation of communion and fellowship with you, we, we say, Holy Spirit, this is not a moment that we encounter in a service. This is an invitation to a life lived out with you. Fellowship, communion, coordination.
collaboration with you, Holy Spirit, for wisdom in this season. Come, Holy Spirit.